Oh yeah, what is up everybody? How are we doing today? Tim, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Oh man, I'm doing pretty good this time. I want to apologize. I know the last episode we did was a bit of a downer. It was. But I think that's okay. In my opinion, it's okay to have a bad day. It is. And if if you have that bad day, get it out of your system, Mm -hmm. vent, work out, poop, do something for you. Does pooping make your day better? It makes my day way better. If I don't have a good poop, I'm disappointed that the day even happened because (laughs) I just feel like I feel weighed down. I feel like I'm ugh. Well, you have that poop in you. Yeah. Release the poop. Uh, Okay. So I do believe I've read somewhere that uh, people who deal with depression also have like a bad digestive tract. So like Interesting. Your body, yeah, so like oftentimes you won't digest the food as well because your body's just not going the way it should. Hmm. So those people oftentimes are constipated. And hey, I've dealt with depression. I get constipated when I'm depressed. Really? So the last episode was just a good poop. <laughs> that's Maybe. <what> I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking. Just it, it needed to happen. It did. Absolutely. I got did. it out. I hope you enjoyed my good poop. That's <laughs> Last episode. Yeah, I did. Okay, well, good. So, uh, you know, I'm going to start with my update. Mm -hmm. Um, I gave last time a work update. I want to just give a life update this Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. We've got the wedding vow renewal coming up. We do. Uh, Yeah, it's in about a month. By the time this comes out, it'll be like a month or something. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so it's coming up fast. I have to write things down. Yes, we need to actually get you the entire vow renewal. I don't want to bug my wife. It's just because she has so much going on. Uh-huh. Um, I talked about it last time. My mother-in-law is sick and mm-hmm. in the hospital, um, you know, dealing with cancer. So, folks, I mean, there's just, you know, when cancer's in your life, that's going to obviously take precedent. Um, so we're dealing with that, um, but we're fighting. We're getting through it. It's a day-by-day process. Thank you for all the thoughts and prayers. I I've always appreciated anyone that's ever said anything nice about, uh, uh, to her and us for that. So thank you so much. Um, but other life updates. Um, I'm continuing to try to work out as much as I can. Yes. Yes. I made a huge mistake recently, though. Oh, no. I decided to go running when it was about 98 degrees at yeah, noon. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. But I wanted to get my run in. No, terrible. And I hadn't had enough water. Yeah, that's equally as bad. Yep. So I get home after about a three mile run and all of a sudden I just see like this white light in the middle mm. of my eyes. Oh, good. And I'm Fantastic. like, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, I'm dehydrated. I'm going to sit in the hall. <laughs> so I sat in the hall of my house uh-huh. and just like As waited to recover. As you do. And my cat just kind of came over and just sat by me. <laughs> like he was very sweet about it. It was Benny. He just kind of sat there and was like. I think this is bad for you. And he like didn't want to touch me because I was like wet all over. So he thinks it's water, I'm sure. But he just kind of sat there and waited with me. And I appreciate it. I, he let me pet him. Uh, he was very sweet about it. But in my head, I'm like, he's totally going to eat me if I die. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up on his lunchtime. Uh-huh. My uh-huh. cats and lunchtime. It, it's their favorite time because that's when they get the canned food. So, Ooh. Yeah. So. I wish I got canned food at lunch. I don't think you do. What's a canned food that you really want? Yeah, soup. Like a Campbell's soup. Is that Chicken? what you... Does, is that, though, like, mm, as good as a brisket? No, absolutely not. Yeah, as good as a steak dinner? No. Tacos? No. No. So that's not really... And probably not good want. for dehydration either. No. 
A lot of sodium. No. So, needless to say, <laughs> I was happy to uh, finally let that clear up, crawl over, and, and then get some water, and I was okay. So. Good. Good for you. But, yeah, still trying to power through, see if I can lose as much weight as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get, get back into better shape. So what yeah. about you, man? Well, I, you know, continuing to work out, I, I had kind of a regressive week. Um, but, you know, as you do. As one does. I, sure. I, I went to a wedding and uh, it was an awkward wedding. Awkward wedding. I should have mentioned this in the last episode. No, you should tell it in this episode. No, because it was on brand for the theme. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I, I'll mention it here and we'll probably talk about it uh, last in the main show that was last week, we'll talk about it there because uh, Drew will be on that show and he was in the sweating. Got it. Uh, uh, the the speaker talked about death the whole time. Yeah, during a marriage, and I'm like, huh, I won't be using any of this, but great. <laughs> uh, but I also drank at the wedding. Oh, I haven't been drinking. Yeah, uh, I drank, and I am scared of myself uh, because I had three Jack and Cokes. Mm. I mean. Uh, yeah, that's that's not. I don't think that's too bad. Well, the the bad part is uh, zero buzz. That's my alcohol tolerance for you folks. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so you went just straight from sober to very drunk, or just just felt normal. Normal. So no, no, like not even buzzed. So that can maybe be, slightly buzzed. That can be a few things, man. I mean, like if you had a lot of food in your stomach. No, this was before we ate. Huh. I did have lunch, but. I mean, we it was like six o'clock, probably when we started drinking. Still, I mean, th- it could be a wide variety of. It things. could be my metabolism sped up because I have been working out and a lot healthier. Yeah, it could um, be. But even like uh, last night, I drank a little bit. I don't know why, but I did. Mm-hmm. Just to inform people, I, I did drink. Heaven's forbid, sin. Well, simple. I always feel like. It, whenever you quit drinking, unless you are an alcoholic and you just need to stop, mm-hmm. like you can have a season of like, oh, I kind of want to have some wine. I want to. I told Kate last night, like, man, I'd love to have a scotch right now. We didn't have any whiskey, and I'm not going to go out and get any. Well, so that's how I felt last night. I just I want to have some alcohol. I want alcohol, please. Yeah. Just so wait. I did, and yeah. probably won't drink for a while again. Not that I didn't get slosh or anything but i probably i'm one i'm saying i had a regressive week and i'm trying to get back onto the uh boat again and you know go back to the diet and working out five days a week there you go that's good yeah i i had a regressive week because my gym was closed uh thursday and friday is it a covid outbreak no 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 their their annual maintenance oh okay and I didn't do a lot of my cardio because I've been wearing my mask at the gym. And yeah, I I don't I have not been going to the gym because I don't feel comfortable going. I feel comfortable being vaccinated and wearing a mask and going to the gym. It just mm. sucks to work out with a mask. Yeah, and on top of doing cardio, where you're sweaty and you're even more gross, and you have the thing on your face, and you're like, this sucks so bad. So I haven't been doing a lot of my cardio, which is really bad. Yeah. Uh. So hopefully this Monday, I'm just gonna. Um, not be a wuss. No, good for you. I, I don't think I'm going to go to the gym for a while. No, Just, I, I, I'm going to be doing all like at home sort of workouts, yoga, running. I get it. And a lot of it is just because of the Delta variant. So. I, I completely understand. Yeah. Um, my gym is very, I try to go on like off hours, like at one or noon. When nice. There's no one there. And it's only old people that go there anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm like one of the one person in the gym. <laughs> That's most awesome. Of the time. 
I just know whenever I've gone to, uh, I go to the Renaud Center in O'Fallon, which is fantastic. It's a great setup. Mm-hmm. And even like when, before the Delta variant got bad, I felt pretty good there, even though no one wore a mask. Um, they, uh, um, people were awful sometimes and wouldn't wipe down the machine after they were oh, done, gross. which you should just do even before COVID I was doing that. Well, so. That's how you get ringworm. Exactly. And so, and I covered that in a previous one, but now, no, no, I get it. Not at all. <laughs> because I know how, uh, you know what thing I did think uh, I heard that was very interesting. Vaccination rates in St. Charles County are higher than St. Louis city or St. Louis County. Interesting. I just saw that and I was like, huh? No, it's not like an insane amount. It's like 3% higher or whatever Ooh. it was. But still, people like go after St. Charles County and, you know, rightfully so sometimes. <laughs> rightfully so. But they're doing better in St. Charles County than St. Louis City and St. Louis County right now. So that's Perfect. it's not the right place to go after right now. Uh, just saying it's probably the entire state. Yep. Uh, but to single out St. Charles County is wrong. So, But anyways, <laughs> that being said, I, do, I just don't trust anyone right now with the COVID variant. Totally get it. And especially with mother-in-law's dealing with cancer, definitely immune compromised because she's mm-hmm. going through chemo. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we my sister talked about it when she was on here. She's... Yeah had breathing problems. So I'm definitely worried for her and my parents being older. It's just not worth it, man. So, I mean, I feel like if you, um, don't agree with getting the vaccine, you're like part of the Taliban or something. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, now that you bring that up, let's there, do it. There is a report, uh, that since the, not to get super political, on no, let's show, get political. Uh, the Americans, us, the, the USA, good USA, USA has pulled out of Afghanistan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now the Taliban's like, oh, and they're taking over Afghanistan like in droves. It's yeah. a thing. Well, they recently came out, and you can find the news article, uh, that they're against the vaccine. Mm. Yeah. So if you're against the vaccine, you agree with the Taliban. Taliban. Congrats. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. That's the company you hold. Yeah, you're with uh, terrorists. And I'm not going to lie, though. Whenever I started hearing that we were pulling out, I'm like, oh, well, now the Taliban's going to take it over, man. Because you don't. Ugh, it, it bothered me so much how oftentimes I, I will say this. I don't hate uh, the Obama administration or the Biden administration. I do have a problem though, with how they will talk about their plans for the military with the media. Hey, we're going to pull out here. We're removing troops here. You don't announce that through the press because then it's going to get out. You just do it and you don't leak it. You just have to then say, all right, Hey, if we're going to pull out, we can't do that because then strategically, the Taliban goes, hold up. Nope, we'll wait this out. Yep. We'll just stay up here in our mountain fortresses mm-hmm. because they're not going to attack us or they're not going to go into the Pakistani border, which was the problem. They were going into Pakistan for so long. Mm-hmm. Oh, nope. We're just going to hold our strength and wait for you to leave. And then after we've recruited more and replenished our troops, we're coming. And that was something where I'm like, you've got to stop announcing these things. That does not work tactically. It does not work for your strat- battle strategy. Stop it. And it, they they did it. So. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is a mess. Um, apparently, because the U.S. military has spent trillions of dollars training Afghan troops to support their own military, and the Afghan military wasn't paying their own troops when the Americans left. Yep. Well, they left too. Yeah. So now it's basically getting taken over by the Taliban completely. Yep. And we're back to square one in 2001. Yep. 
So it's just a shame. Well, really, since the eighties, I mean, the Taliban. Sorry, two thousand one when the U.S. came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's but but they're against uh, the vaccine. Love it, man. Love it. I and I'll be honest. I still don't feel like it should be a government mandate to get the vaccine because it is kind of a. It is sort of a slippery slope. So I get that, but it shouldn't have to be mandated. People should be getting it. There's. I don't see the logic in not getting it because unless you have some sort of health issue with it. If you have a religious view with it, okay, cool. You and the Taliban can go and enjoy that together. <laughs> but that's that's it. I don't understand this aversion to getting it. Well, I, I don't know if I've talked about it on whatever show or if this was in private on Discord, but I'm going to say it again. You can deal with it. We already have mandated vaccines that you have to get if you want to be publicly right. educated. Yep. Like, I don't know, polio. Or the measles, mm-hmm. or the mumps, or if you work in the service industry, Hep A. Those are already mandated. Yeah. We have a laws that say you have to get vaccinated unless, again, religious preference. So it's no different than the COVID. The only only argument that you have against mandating the COVID uh, vaccine is it's not FDA approved yet. Right. Yeah. And. Listen, I don't think that's holding anyone back. I don't think it's very few people who mm-hmm. are holding back. I did see someone, I unfriended them on Facebook. <laughs> Anytime I go on Facebook, I see stuff and I'm like, why don't I even deal with Facebook anymore? Right. But um, someone posted um, basically like, uh, it should be everyone's right to get it, or you should have the right to choose to get it. It shouldn't be a government mandate. And this is based off of, I believe some Texas hospitals were saying you have to get it. If you are, if you work in this hospital, you have to get it. Yeah. To get the vaccine. Well, even in our great state of St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, yeah, this is in reference to this person. And they said, um, this isn't right. You shouldn't force this. Uh, it should be our right to choose. And then I saw a comment, Oh, okay. Someone made a comment on this. I wonder what the comment was. So I look at it, and this person had commented on their own post. Oh, good. And said, "I wonder if this is what it was like during the Civil War." What? And I was like, "Uh, what?" And then afterwards, she said, "The people had the right to choose if they wanted to actually uh, have slaves or not. They shouldn't have had it taken away." I'm like, "Well." I know who I'm unfriending now. So I just, oh my God. I'm like, this was someone I went to college with. Oh my God. They're college educated. Granted, it's at an assembly of God university. <laughs> Pot shot there. But I was very disappointed to see someone say that. And there's been several people. Uh, I like, uh, there's a good meme that, uh, uh, Tim just sent me, showed me. It's pretty funny. I'll let you explain that one, but it's a return of the Jedi. When, uh, Luke, was on the Death Star and Vader's there and they have that big emotional moment where Vader's like, help me get this mask off. And it says, Luke, help me take this mask off, but you'll die. And the last panel is, I have rights. Yeah. (laughs) And it made me laugh. So that's interesting equating, equating, equating the uh, COVID, (laughs) the COVID and slavery. That's, and the Taliban. Let's throw that in there, too. Oh, yeah. All these hot-button things. I do think people are just getting worked. I really think this is all being people being worked over this over the vaccine being made political. 
They're being worked Absolutely. into this danger. They've like, worked right. themselves into a shoot, brother. That's right, brother, brother. We're talking pro wrestling here. <laughs> brother, brother. Brother, brother. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Oh, I, I don't want to go too in-depth with this because I know you're going to start turning off the, uh, uh, the podcast <laughs> if we start talking pro wrestling. But one thing I wanted to talk about, um, we'll I'll get to where I want to go, but last night my wife and I were sitting together and we started, started to watch Ted Lasso. Mm. And it was a fantastic episode. Um, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, I recommend finding it. Uh, I believe it's on Apple TV. It's so funny. But the thing is, it's also uplifting and heartfelt, hmm. which is something that's oftentimes lacking in a lot of um, uh, entertainment right now. Mm-hmm. It's easy for us to be nihilistic in the world that we live in at this point. It, you know, to be downtrodden, it's kind of in vogue in a way. Uh, see um, last episode. One hundred percent. Yeah, we we were definitely a part of that. Um, but Ted Lasso did does a brilliant job where it will touch on what makes us down, but then find positives whenever it can. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, actually, uh, uh, Ted he's kind of going through a tough personal uh, situation. Um, and he is in England away from his son because uh, he's coaching a, a soccer team, even though he knows nothing about soccer, which makes it really funny. Uh, and he's in England alone on Christmas. Mm. That's just, for me, as a Christmas lover, that's the absolute worst. But the team then and, and the ownership of the team just kind of bring him into the fold. They do all these other things to help people celebrate. It's a really heartfelt sort of thing. And I just love those sort of moments in entertainment where we do find something that uplifts us. It's something I go back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is something in a show where I go, oh, man, that's my favorite part. Like The Office, I loved The Office the most with Jim and Pam. Mm. Their whole story arc of, oh, will they or won't they? Oh, they are together. And then seeing how well it goes. I stopped watching, actually, after they got married because I thought, that's the peak. That's right, where it right. really, it didn't mm-hmm. have to go any farther for me personally. So I don't know. Is there, there's gotta be those shows that you maybe have, or maybe you don't, aren't drawn to it. Music, uh, movies, something that is uplifting, right? Or am I the only one that tries to seek that out? Because I know there's plenty of other shows that I'll watch where I'm like, that just makes me cry in a good way. Like uh, queer eye. I will watch Queer Eye seasons in a day. <laughs> it's so uplifting, and I love that. They literally will go and find someone. And I'll be honest, folks, I kind of feel like these shows are doing a better job than the church at this point because they find someone who has lost some... This one guy, it's my worst nightmare, and kind of ties into what we talked to you about last episode, where he lost his wife and he has two little boys hmm. and he, he's lost everything in his heart. His soul is broken. He has his two boys, but he's, he's still broken hearted. And the queer eye guys come in there and they, they remake him. He bought a new house. So they help him uh, remake the new house in a way they set it up and it's beautiful. Uh, they, they give him all of these different tools to help him be a father. That was beautiful beautiful television and i want more of that in life we need more positivity at this juncture in the world mm-hmm. it's a it, this could be a turning point you know that makes us kind of say all right we're on our axis where does the world pivot to after this yeah 
we are frustrated with what the world has. Either you're like, I'm frustrated people won't get the vaccine, or you're like, I'm frustrated that we're not back to normal. Whatever. Right. We all need to find those kind of positive things that can help us out. And I don't get that with the church. I don't see that at all with the church at all. Mm -hmm. I see manipulation. Yep. I see um, hypocrisy, and I don't see love. It's sad because I'm getting that from a television show. Mm -hmm. I'm getting that sometimes. There's certain songs where I'm like, oh, yeah, let me hear some Katy Perry firework. (laughs) I don't even (laughs) like Katy Perry. Like she does, she seems like a Hollywood person that doesn't really understand me and and anyone else that's that's in a quote flyover state. She, but I like that song. She was a Christian artist when she started. I know, but I don't buy that either. I'm sorry. I mean, it, she probably did it. Christian artists to me is also very silly. Really? Yes. Okay. Because it's only Christian musicians. Yeah. That's it. Well, could you be a Christian painter? Why not? Just paint nothing but Jesus all the time. <laughs> Christian actors. I mean, there's Kirk Cameron, but he's a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. I don't see him showing the love of God to anybody. Right. I mean, there's actors that are Christian. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind seeing like a someone who is a Christian that they've gone into whatever life that they're in and they're just doing the best that they can. Hmm? Like I think uh, Angela Kinsey from The Office, she's a Christian, but you don't see her just only doing... Uh, left behind movies. <laughs> She'll actually do whatever work she wants to do. She actually is right. a very good improviser. I will say that as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I think Chris Pratt considers himself a Christian. Yep. Super funny guy. He's done Marvel movies, Parks and Rec, all kinds of other great stuff. I love Parks and Rec. I do too. We actually just watched a few episodes last mm. night for, for old time's sake. There's that uplifting stuff that we're able to get, but we're not going to get it from the church. So we're actually finding it. I find it in entertainment. Like I said, Queer Eye makes me happy. Ted Lasso. Oh my gosh. That will just bring up, that just can sometimes bring tears out. It's so heartfelt. Heartfelt entertainment is what I'm after nowadays. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel, is there anything out there that you have? I mean, I've been watching a lot of sad TV. Uh, (laughs) I watched Band of Brothers, Pacific. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before that, I was watching The Sopranos. You know, good uplifting. Yeah. Is there anything, though, that you feel like, oh, man, that makes me happy when I'm done? I I mean, so I really just turn off media and I take my car out and that's where I find joy. Or I get on the Discord server with my homies. What about, like, music? Is there any music that you listen to? I'm like, God, that's... That's good. Five Iron. I remember Five Iron used to make me feel pretty happy. So this new band that I discovered is not really a new band. They're an old band. But I've recently discovered them called Glory Hammer. Glory Hammer. And they are a metal, a power metal space thing. And uh, their whole albums are, it's kind of D&D inspired. Oh, that's cool. So they talk, it's a story. Like every single song is just another uh, chapter to the story. And it's about. Uh, so, like, the first song is this evil uh, wizard uh, has corrupted unicorns and started attacking this village. And it's very just kind yep. of jovial and uplifting and kind of that sort of thing. I think we're drawn to those kind of things that do have some something uplifting. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. right now, that's not the normal thing. 
No, other things doom and gloom, and uh, our Earth is melting. And like, okay, I love HBO programming. Uh-huh. Uh, Mayor of Easttown is a fantastic show. It. Uh, check it out. It's uh, got Kate Winslet. She's phenomenal in it. Mm-hmm. But the best part of it is, it for me, is her relationship with her mom because, like, they end up making fun of each other a lot and Good. joke a whole bunch, mm-hmm. and it's really fun to watch. But the overarching story is pretty depressing. It's it's about basically kids being killed oh, good. in this small town in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah that's uplifting. Yeah, and, and and so that part of it, I'm like, ugh, brings me down, but I'm enthralled with the story. Right. But what I always hang on to is what is the upbeat part of it? Mm. That's just, I guess, how my mind works. And so when I find a Ted Lasso or I find a Queer Eye where it is... There is heartbreak, there is sadness, but dad gummit, the best part is when I'm crying tears of joy. Mm. That's what's going to keep me coming back for more. Right. I don't know if there, that's just me at this point. There's even been some songs that I've heard where I'm like, oof, yeah, I feel that in my heart. Hmm. You know, <laughs> to bring up wrestling again, AEW has been really good with their uplifting stuff. I agree, and I'm sorry, folks. We are going to have to talk about pro wrestling because guess what? It's a performance art. Uh-huh. So, and there are stories to it. So we're yep. going to. I think that's a good idea to go into it. Like with you're talking about, like with Adam Page. Though that whole storyline with the Dark Order, phenomenal, and even even the uh, recently on Rampage. Did you watch it? Uh, I did. It was just a little late, so yeah, I did watch the, it. The when they signed Fuego. Yeah, that was great. So, uh, I'll, how about this was I'll, a shoot, by the way. Yeah. So, how about this? I'll tell the Dark Order one if you want to tell the Fuego story. Sure. The Dark Order story is uh, <laughs> speaking which, of cults. Yeah, which is actually kind of funny. <laughs> this group called the Dark Order starts as a. They started off as a cult. A but heel cult. A, ba- a bunch of bad guys who were trying to get everyone to join their cult. Uh-huh. Like uh, Kool-Aid and everything. Yes. And it was, the thing is, though, they did this behind-the-scenes sort of show uh, called Being the Elite, which shows the characters behind the stage. And they were so funny uh-huh. that everyone started cheering them. They started to become love-a-bull to mm-hmm. the point where it's almost like the home team of the company. That's uh-huh. the best way to describe them, in my opinion. And then there's this one wrestler called Adam Page. His character was, a, he had originally gone for the world title and lost it in the first pay-per-view. And then he becomes tag team champions, tag team champ with his friend. And his other friends are, they're, they're like this group called the Elite. Well, basically he gets kicked out of the Elite. They turn his back on, turn their backs on him. And he gets depressed and starts drinking a lot. Well, he starts winning matches and winning matches and winning matches to where he becomes the number one contender against that former tag team partner who's now the world champion. Mm-hmm. Well, he's down on himself still. He still doubts himself and thinks, oh, I'm not really worthy to be the world champ. But the Dark Order, they befriended him. They actually offered to have him join the cult in a really <laughs> funny part where like, they proposed like it was an actual proposal. Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. after he said no, they were thinking he was going to say yes so they had like he said yes on the board like it was a marriage proposal uh, and then the final he said no oh god it was so funny <laughs> it was perfect um but they all said said to him after he's like no don't speak for me i'm not ready you, you told kenny the world champion that i was ready i'm not and they're like no you are and they were all so uplifting and behind him oh, absolutely that he actually was like oh 
man, it, it was kind of nice to see that in pro wrestling where it's so much confrontation. I'm confronting you because you did this and no, I'm mad at you. And this was more, we got your back, which was fun to see. And this story has been going on for two years. And even mm-hmm. before that with the bullet club and yep. all of that, because he found the bullet club because he was kind of a jobber in ring of honor. Bullet club, by the way, is a, the same group that we talked about that turned their back on, uh, Adam Page was his name mm-hmm. uh, that, that turned their back on him. And also he's a cowboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's his character. He's, he's a cowboy. He's uh, the way it's described is uh, <laughs> the modern day anxious cowboy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Social uh, uh, woke anxious cowboy is what he's described <laughs> as. So uh, love Adam Page. It's a phenomenal story. In the Fuego del Sol mm-hmm. uh, story. So he's kind of a jobber. And they're all by, uh, jobber, by the way, means a perpetual loser. Perpetual loser. Uh, he's a tiny guy. He's kind of a luchador style, uh, Mexican wrestling style. He wears a mask so he can't see his face. And uh, he was on the other two shows, Elevation and Dark, AEW Dark. Which are just shows that are really there to like give young up-and-comers a chance to Or, or to just perform. local indie talent, yeah, which is where Fuego came from. Yeah, that's... Same thing, yeah. Uh, um, and he befriended one of the other top guys, Sammy uh, Guevara. Guevara. They actually go further back. Go further back. Yeah. Probably doing indie shows. Yep. Uh, and so the crowd fell in love with him. And in part, it's part of the um, behind-the-scenes show that helped as well. Yeah, because he's kind of just this character and lovable, and he's a tiny guy. Doesn't probably wouldn't be able to go into WWE at all. No. That's a whole other topic yeah. too. Uh, so the crowd gets behind him. So then it becomes like, oh, are they going to sign him? And there's rumors that he would never get signed because he was a local talent and they were wrestling in Jacksonville, but now they're on the road. So are we going to see Fuego ever again? Because he was, he has a family. He's in Florida. He's a Florida man. He's uh, a Florida man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, the story just keeps, will he get signed? Will he get signed? And probably not. They don't have room for him. And so then he does this title match with Miro, which is this gigantic man. Bulgarian monster. He's a monster. He's been just running through people. I love what he's doing, by the way. He's so good. Uh, The Redeemer. Yeah. His his whole thing is he's God's favorite champion. (laughs) I I love how he keeps talking about his wife, too. Uh, Yeah. He's like, uh, I get to go home to my double jointed wife. Just brilliant. Phenomenal character. I love what they did to the belt, too. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, So Fuego was going to have a title match against Miro uh, for a contract. If he would win the title, Fuego would get a contract. And everyone knew, no, there's no way. There's no way on God's green earth. No, that he won't win. <laughs> he won't win because this guy is a monster. Miro is a monster. And so they have the match. And, man, Fuego showed up. Like, yeah, he, he pulled off his stuff, right? He did everything he, sh- he should. Uh-huh. But they still made, I mean, Miro still pretty much, Cut tank. him off and then and finished him off in one. And that was it. That it, was it. It looked like that was it, yeah. And Fuego, Fuego wasn't going to sign. And from what I've seen and read, that that was it. That Fuego was going to be, you know, right off to the sunset and that was going to be his career. And AEW, anyway. Well, yeah. then Sammy, his good friend, comes out and you can see Fuego crying his eyes out. Mm. And Sammy offers him the contract yeah, saying, hey. On behalf from Tony, Tony Khan, Khan, who's the owner of AEW. The the cool thing about that is, like, 
the reason why it's so important is the contract gives him the financial stability wrestlers don't often get. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they'll wrestle in these small local shows for 50 bucks a pop. And the problem mm-hmm. is it costs them $40 to fill their tank uh, mm-hmm. to get there. So they're making $10 for a show to eat basically. And then they'll go back to their day jobs. So he actually will now make enough money to be able to wrestle full time. That's why getting a contract like that is so, so important. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the th- what makes me f- want to talk about pro wrestling, even though I know many of you aren't <laughs> pro wrestling fans is, it's heartfelt. There's yeah. actual things that make me feel good about Absolutely. life. I need that more often than not, folks. I need things that I watch or take in that make me cry, but good tears. Good tears. Tears of joy. Yeah. Not long ago, I, I know you're not a big baseball fan, mm-hmm. but um, they recently had a game near, they built a baseball diamond near the Field of Dreams field. Oh, I did see this. That was awesome to see, playing in a cornfield. And if you want one movie that has made me cry every time I've watched it, Field of Dreams. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, of course. The ending of that, especially, I will say, guys, when it comes to father-sons, the story of a father and son in a movie, that hits guys, I think, oftentimes more than women I, I now I'm not saying every woman but more often than not the women that have been in my life they might cry more at like a, a romantic comedy uh-huh. uh, that might kind of touch them more men might roll their eyes at it but I know men will ball at like big fish or or um, field of dreams these father-son stories are what hit us are you thinking Star Wars no, no, why? What are you laughing? I at? I cried at the end of Terminator Two. Why? The thumbs up, man. Yeah, that yeah, got you. That got me. Yeah, Dude, it still gets me. Are there any other movies you've cried at? Of course. Yeah, I, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but that's one I do remember. That so Field of Dreams gets me. Big Fish, Sleepless in Seattle. Hmm. The part wherever. Tom Hanks is looking for his son and he just goes running. They, they get to the top of the empire state building. And he says, you're all I've got like, Oh, that hits me in the feels so much because I feel like, you know, if I was a dad and I was going through that, that's how I would feel. Oh my God. The look on Tom Hanks face there too is like, have I done all right? Are we doing okay? Have I mm-hmm. killed any? Have I hurt you at all? Just the look he has on his face gets me. There's so many moments and that's a really, good movie because I don't think it's a romantic comedy. I think it's really a father-son movie. Sure. Uh, Return of the Jedi when Luke uh, throws down his lightsaber and Vader saves him. Doesn't get me choked up, but it definitely hits me right in the feels. Really? Uh, I did cry at Star Wars with The Mandalorian Season 2 when Luke returns. That got me teared. I So... I cried then. I have not finished the second season, so now that I know that happens, I'll be waiting... (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i i want to finish it uh i liked sasha banks in it and bill burr i love bill burr in it yeah yeah, just that basically he got the gig for making fun of star wars fans yeah that's how he got the job what recently got me teary-eyed and this is going to be funny because we're going back to wrestling uh when Britt baker showed up in pittsburgh that did 
Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was just feel good. Like, yeah. hometown hero and AEW actually celebrating that. that that's pretty cool. The th- I like that AEW does that as opposed to WWE where if someone comes in from their hometown, they, get they, they lose terribly. It's like, I, I why? Didn't, I did disagree with uh, that title match and how they were trying to, like, that run-in that was awkward. and uh, Which one? The Brit Breaker title match oh, with okay. uh, Red Velvet. Yeah. That whole run in at and the, the very end, yeah. How mm. they try to like make her heal, and I'm like, no, just let her celebrate and be Britsburg and well, be the end of it. It she stop overbooking. I I think they might have done it for that night, but they were probably trying to get the next trying to get, story going with Statlander. Yeah, heel heat because, we, but it and it's gonna be next to impossible to get that for her in Pittsburgh. I yeah. do love the Chris Statlander character, by the way, folks. Chris Statlander, her character is an alien that's come to Earth to wrestle. Uh huh. That's awesome. That's I, wrestling. I love Orange Cassidy being a part of that too. Like I, he's not an alien. No, but he's best friends with her. Uh-huh. That and Orange Cassidy, by the way, is a wrestler that doesn't want to wrestle. That's his character. <laughs> and if you just go home, go and look. Pause right now, and go and look up Orange Cassidy I love Orange. highlights. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I know people that don't get it, but they're more like old school wrestling traditionalists that really only watch WWE and they're like, I I just don't understand it. But they also don't get comedy and wrestling. No. And he hulks up Mm -hmm. and he definitely goes like, yeah, he's a decent, he's a pretty good wrestler. He's actually really good. What's funny is he's an architect. Yeah. He started out as an architect. Yeah. Yeah, He's got that nine to five, but he was always good at wrestling too (laughs) with this very silly character that doesn't want to wrestle. We'll talk about a guy that could have longevity too. With that character. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. So it, I don't like, so TV and movies does that. There's certain songs too, that I hear that get me in the feels too. Mm -hmm. One of them, you're gonna laugh, but I don't really care. It's for me. It's brilliantly done. It's this really long song uh, by Reliant K. Um, uh, Crud, I can't even remember. It's the end of the album, and it's got like a John Foreman from Switchfoot. I'm forgetting <laughs> it now, which is kind of funny. Um, that is funny. But like, it's it's just basically the story of a guy who drank his life away, and he's near death, mm. and then he, at the end, the last lyrics are. Uh, or one of the last lyrics is, uh, you cried wolf, the tears, they soaked your fur, the blood dripped from your fangs. You said, what have I done? You love that lamb with every single bone and there you left alone. It's just this really great story. And I know it's faith-based and I struggle with my faith right now, Mm -hmm. but hearing that song kind of makes me feel a little bit like I, I, feel a little bit of what God has out there. Like a little bit of what God does give us. Mm-hmm. It's oh. not easy for me to embrace it fully, but right. I can still feel it, which I don't always trust feelings, but still. A lot of Five Iron Frenzy does that for me. Uh, Brave St. Sandern mm-hmm. as well. Uh, funnily enough, Weird Al. Weird Al does? Yeah, oh yeah. Hitch in the feels, yeah. Which which song? It just makes me feel good. Which song makes me laugh and be joyous? Okay, all of them, all of Weird Al. Going to his concerts is amazing. I know you've you've talked about that. Yeah, if you haven't gone to a Weird Al concert, go to a Weird Al concert. I'm down to at some point. Whenever I, I think I'll take you next Weird Al concert. It'll be at the Family Arena. 
more than likely. I'll take you. I just my treat. Uh, that's cool. I, my whole feeling about concerts is I wonder if I'll ever feel comfortable again. And it's not yeah. because like I understand I could probably risk getting COVID and probably be okay. Mm-hmm, but but I, you're a family. Yeah, I don't want to give it to anyone else. I get it. it but the thing is. Maybe that fear is always going to be there forever because forever. it took forever for us to get rid of you know, smallpox and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, polio. It took so long and for all that. The Spanish flu took two years. I thought it was three. It might have been three. I think it was three because like the first year it changed and it was bad. But then the second year, huh, shocker, mm. it turned into something else and got even worse then. And then the third year it was like dramatically not as bad. Right. I think that's what it was, mm-hmm. but I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, we could be living in a new normal, but you also can't live in fear like that. I I do the best I can. I mask up at any time I go out in public. And See, I don't know if it's necessarily living in fear. Vaccinated. It's more like I don't know if going to concerts is something I want to do anymore, or going to live events. I mean, I never really liked going to concerts either. Me, no, I'm not a big fan. Of mm-hmm. Kate's like, "Hey, whenever things are back to normal, why don't we go to a country concert?" Ooh. I was like, "Yep, we could totally do that." Merp. So then, watching on YouTube, uh, look up Weird Al live concert. That's an experience. I remember seeing on VH1 they had Weird Al live, mm. and I watched that, and it was kind of fun to see like everyone sitting down in chairs, just kind of yep. chilling and watching it. Yep, I do like that as opposed to the more like mosh pit chaotic. Oh, I, 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 crowd I, surf mosh pits. Come on, I'm 36. I can't even imagine doing that anymore. Even going to a concert, I'm like that's just loud, loud, and people. Yeah, people-y. I always think about the, I don't know the humidity of a concert mm. that's the least attractive part of a concert is the humidity when you feel i want that on a t-shirt by the way when you go in, inside of an arena and you just feel wet because other people are sweating yeah there's too much air in there yeah. Ugh, they're not too much air too, too little air there's yeah, too little air not enough circulation hmm. I, I, yeah that's i think my least favorite part you know what i do wish i could go to though would be like comedians or broadway plays mm. that's probably what and doing improv i would like to be able to do improv again. yeah we talked about that uh i thought about going into taking improv classes yeah actually wednesday this coming wednesday is going to be my first improv class Ooh. where it's it's just basically about coaching because mm-hmm. i'd like to be able to quote coach coaching is kind of like directing mm-hmm. an improv team so i would like to get into that mm-hmm I don't know. I I know we're gonna be sitting in a mask, like masked up mm-hmm. and spread out in this like theater. But I still don't know how comfortable I'm gonna feel doing it. Yeah, I mean we do have a play to work on, and we do need a director. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I totally remember. I can tell. <laughs> like you, I think want to do it. Absolutely. I'm dreading it. Why? I've written sketch shows. Uh-huh. I've written plays. It's so much. Yeah. Uh, we can always work it out on the podcast. I'm trying to, that's true. I'm trying to write a book uh-huh. and all I can really do is like, okay, map out where this chapter goes or, oh, here's a, I made a map of the world that I'm working in and uh-huh. things like that. The idea of writing though dialogue and uh-huh. someone's thoughts. Uh-huh. Oh, it's like constipation at this point. It's brutal. It may be good for you. It might be. We can set up a writer's room, you, me, whoever else you want. 
writer's room. Yeah. On a play, I don't know if you want too many, you don't want too many heads in on it. No. But, I mean, the play that we're talking about. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my gosh. I almost wish I had the musical ability to write a musical for that. It, it may be funnier to I not re- have the musical ability. Yeah, and then to try to write it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it a musical. Yes. <laughs> and then that definitely will never be showed to anyone. Oh, it would absolutely get shown. I'd make sure it got shown. Great. I don't know how to write music. I hope uh, you I, do. Uh, no. No. Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> it just it'd be a terrible Book of Mormon slash Monty Python uh, absolutely. Uh, spam a lot. Because... Uh, we could play off the idea of a musical actually happening in real life and how that would be impossible and impractical. I mean, there's an idea there that we could play with. There is. I feel like Stradella has to... Like, Stradella. Stradella has to come off as a complete and utter idiot uh-huh. because he married this woman. Oblivious. Completely oblivious, oblivious. But he also has to have enough charisma to get the two original assassins on his side. Uh-huh. Well, they're moved by the music, if you remember. So they're moved by the music. Uh-huh. Oh, man. He's got to be a talented musician, too. Uh-huh. We're not talented musicians. Well, we could find someone to be... We, we would have to find someone to write the music while we wrote the rest of it. <laughs> well, the only music... Oh, my God. We, 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 we don't have to make it a musical. I feel like that's what it has to be. Okay. It sucks because... I don't have a good singing voice, either. I don't, either. Come okay. on. Perfect. Yeah. I, I think I can hit two notes, and that's awful. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so mad at myself for thinking these things and saying them out loud. I'm not. I'm excited about this. Oh, here, I'm just going to keep hitting my head on this. I, I'm embracing this. I am full in. Yeah. It's so much work. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. What else do we have to do? Me? I mean, I yes. got to do the vow renewal. <laughs> I have to write the vow renewal. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't think you'll have to write too much. I'm pretty sure Kate will tell you exactly what to say. Really? pretty close okay well okay whenever she sends it to me i'll just be like here's what kate wants you to do whether or not i do it (laughs) then no do it please you will make for a very bad day if you don't do what she wants okay like i i love giving her a little bit of crap for the actual wedding day Mm -hmm. because when we went to cut the cake she was like stop like she had to like control every movement of me cutting the cake and she feels so bad for it now but like she was in this headspace of OCD where it's like, it has to be done this way. And if I wouldn't have done it this way, not worth, no, not worth the fight. It would have been just like, okay, this is a bad move by me. I made a mistake. It's like, just better to do what she wants. It'll make her happy. Okay. Yeah. I'm for it. Good. Good. I really hope Kate doesn't listen to this episode. (laughs) I mean, I I just need to know, <laughs> babe. I love you. I love you. It just we talk about this, and it's funny. I just need to know, like, is she going to write a script for me where I'm word for word? I'm fine with doing that, or does she want something more personal from me? I think she'll send you the parts she wants, and then tell you where to fill in the blanks. Okay. So she'll be like, here, uh, do whatever you want for the prayer whatever scripture you want and whatever nice things you want to say about us. And then everything else you have to say word for word. I mean, that's pretty much just a general wedding. Yeah. Because it's going to be the vows, which I'm not doing anything about. That's you guys. Yep. So it's just the introduction, nice things and prayer. Yep. Yeah. 
It's pretty easy, right? Yeah. So not too much to worry about. No, not at all. Just stand there in the middle for pictures. It should be really nice in the end of September out of that vineyard. Hopefully. I mean, it could rain, but I think it won't be super hot. I think the hottest it would be would be about 90 at the most. At the end of September, I think we'll be okay. We'll see. I mean, this week is supposed to be great with, I mean, it's the middle of August, but it's 80s, so yeah. we could look out. July was brutal this year, man. It was well, supposed to be the hottest month in the history of the world. Really? Yeah, that's what I saw. Cool. I hated it. I hated that <laughs> month. I always think July is the hottest month of the year. I Personal feeling. Just personal feeling. I, I just uh, don't care. You don't care? Do you no. like the heat more than the cold? No. No? You like the cold more than the heat? Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Same here. Yeah, okay. but I just, eh, whatever, I'll stay inside. So last night- um, or, or get in my car. That's true. You love you love that car. I really do love my car. Mm. I really do. Where would you go? Uh, I think you've told me. Your ideal road trip would be where with that thing? Uh, I don't know if I have oh. an ideal road trip. I thought you told me an ideal road trip. No, I mean, I've been to Philly. That was a good drive, but I wasn't in my Mustang. Um I, I just like driving. Doesn't matter where. I feel like if you took that car like north, north. towards like Iowa and through like the cornfields up there, mm-hmm. that would be kind of picturesque. That blue, beautiful blue Mustang driving through the yellow cornfields would look really cool in a drone. It might not be fun <laughs> in the car, but if I had a drone, I would just fly it over there and record it and be like, all right, have that for posterity, my friend. I mean,. Uh, 90% of my pictures I take of my car that are on my Instagram are usually in front of a river. A river? A river. I'm trying to pull one up. Which is your favorite river? (laughs) That looks cool. Yeah. Uh, There's this little place, Herman, Missouri. Kate and I love going out there, yeah. And there's uh, this little park that is right on the river. That's where I take 95% of my pictures. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Kate, Kate and I go out there. I go off. To, I was up there uh, yesterday. I, I hear they have a really good Oktoberfest. I mean, it's a German town. I, I've heard that. But um, they also have a little Christmas market. Mm-hmm. So in, 19, no, in 18 and 19, we went out there mm-hmm. to check out the Christmas market. The first time out there, Kate and I are like, this is like something out of a Hallmark Christmas movie. It's really pretty. It's pretty, and everyone was so nice. Mm-hmm. We went to this little coffee shop, and Kate walked in and somehow got into talking about where we were from, and she said, oh, I'm originally from uh, Elmhurst, Illinois, and the lady behind the counter was like, oh, yeah, I used to live in Elmhurst. And they just started talking. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, my God. That's funny. You get here? And then we walked into all the little shops, and- mm-hmm checked out all there's the have you been to the whiskey distillery out there there's a lot of them so there's one it's right by the river kind of on the main drag through the town Mm -hmm. that distillery there had the best grilled cheese sandwich i believe it's a brisket grilled cheese sandwich interesting brisket barbecue sauce cheese oh it's i look forward to it every year we didn't go last year so sorry i just burped everyone again <laughs> that was not professional of me but that grilled cheese i i that one and then the one in the movie chef which is another really good movie Have i haven't seen, seen that one that's the john favreau john favreau favreau and here's the thing it's another father-son movie that's the crux of it but he makes the best grilled cheese sandwich in there and there's like five cheeses in it yeah, I hate grilled cheese sandwiches, so I'm not even... But that's because you're probably using, like, American cheese. No, I, I don't like cheese. 
Yeah. I know. What about mac and cheese? No. <gasps> you don't like mac and cheese? Mm-hmm. I do not. What about pizza? Pizza, I will do. But it has cheese. Yeah. It's I have this weird texture thing with cheese. Yeah. Like uh, cheese, uh, like pizzas are fine. I've talked about this before. Mozzarella sticks are fine. Cheeseburgers are fine. But like grilled cheese or mac and cheese. I don't think I knew this about you because I love cheese. Yeah. No, I, 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 I can't do it. Oh, my God. It makes me gag and like throw up. Yeah. That's awesome. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What, so if you, what about, oh, so do you like pasta? I don't eat a lot of pasta. Sure, but if you like, you know, you go to someplace on the hill or Olive Garden, even whatever, you get some pasta. Do you put some Parmesan on it? A little bit, yeah. But like, uh, uh, like a lot of the pasta has a bunch of cheese. Like a lot of Mexican food has cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. No, sir. What happened? I don't know. It's a weird texture thing There's for me. There's texture. What's the texture? The is melty delici- gooiness. It's deliciousness. It makes me gag. What about like? Okay, so it what about ranch me. dressing? That's fine. That's gooier and and, and I, cold. It's I, gooey I, coldness. I I don't make these decisions. What about ice cream? Ice cream's fine. I'm sorry. How does that happen with cheese? I, I don't know. I I don't know. But it happens. People don't believe me, and they're like, here, try it. And I'm like, that, It hurts because I was so looking forward to making my mac and cheese. So I will say, uh, Drew made some smoked mac, to ch- mac and cheese, and I tried some, and that was fine. Okay. But he also admitted that it didn't have a lot of cheese on it. So Oh, see, I like to put a fair amount in mine, but it's like sharp cheddar, and the deal with it is I put it in the back corner so it gets hit with more smoke. So at the top, you get like a nice hickory sort of texture to or taste to it as well. But dad gum it. It'd be a waste on you. Yep. And even like cheese dip, that's fine. But like a grilled cheese sandwich, it's not fine. I'm going to tell my wife this. That okay. One of my best friends doesn't like cheese and mm-hmm. I eat cheese. I love cheese. See, I can eat like blocks of cheese or like cheese and wine. That's fine. It's the meltedness oh. of it. Oh. Hmm. Don't like melted cheese. But like like I mentioned, cheeseburgers, pizza, mozzarella sticks, that's fine. It seems hypocritical. Of I, it's very hypocritical of me. I don't I don't understand it. I, I can't control this. Folks, I was wanting to have an upbeat conversation today. Yeah, let's drag it down. And I'm sorry. But I think the lack of love for cheese. It's not um, that I don't love cheese. I disagree entirely. Uh-huh. It's, I'm sorry. Um, I feel like I've broken your heart. And I don't, know I don't think you broke my heart. I think it was Jesus's heart you just broke. <laughs> because I'm sure Jesus loved cheese. They had cheese back then. I don't know. I'm, I've been very curious about the diet of like ancient civilizations. Well, uh, I can only... It was bread and fish. Bread, fish. They had to have some cheese, too. Because they had, they had cows. But did they have the processing for the cheese? I think there was some sort of process for cheese. Because I, I think it's been mentioned, like in the times of ancient Rome, that they had the process to make cheese. Sure. But it might have been more for, like, the rich folk. Sure. You know what? I'm Googling this. I'm going to Google I was this. going to Google it, then I put my phone back down. Because yeah, I'm going to Google it. I, 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 when was cheese invented? Yep. I, I don't know. When was cheese invented? Uh, let's see. Approximately... 1200 BCE. Okay. So yeah, they definitely, they had it back then. Jesus was rocking some good, some good Gouda. Maybe. I think he did. I mean, it's the Middle East. Do they have cows in the Middle East? Maybe it was goat. Goat Gouda. (laughs) That was the worst sounding cheese ever, but I love it. 
<laughs> goat okay. cheese is really good though. I've had it like we when Kate and I went up to Michigan, we just got a few like little snacks to eat, and they had like mm-hmm. this goat cheese mm-hmm. to put some like crackers in. Oh my god! See, that would be fine for me. I I didn't drink any wine at these wineries. I just ate, ate the cheese, cheese constantly. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, this is how I roll. Anyways, uplifting show, uh, uplifting movie. Watch uh, Chef. I think it's still on Netflix. I think so too. It's really good, and the cast is fantastic. Like uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. makes an appearance. Sofia Vergara is fantastic. Uh, the um, John Leguizamo is really good in it. It's wow. a good movie, actually. Scarlett Johansson's good. In it. I don't watch a lot of uplifting movies. I think you should try it. I well, I'm just trying to go through my head, and I really don't watch a lot of uplifting movies. I think I'm drawn to it mainly. It's a life lesson that I learned from like my youth, where I was into way too many dark and angst sort of driven stuff that. I remember being younger and discovering Queer Eye when it was on Bravo. My sisters and my mom watched it. And I was like, oh, I, I can't tell anyone or they'll think I'm gay. Super insecure, stupid teenage crap. But that's actually the show that taught me how to shave. Really? I, yeah, because my dad never wanted to teach, show me really anything. He just had the tough time connecting with me that way. But I remember, I think his name was Kyan on the show, said, no, you don't shave against the grain because then your your face will break out. Shave with the grain of your mm-hmm, hair. Mm-hmm. And I remember that lesson. I was like, oh, cool. It taught me that. So like, I've learned life lessons from that show. That's really funny. That I maybe should have learned from my dad in that regard. But they also have other really great things that I've been taught throughout that show as well. So I really love it. It's it's oh, And the cast is so great in this new one. Yeah, I, I just don't watch a lot of uplifting stuff. I, I remember telling Netzer an updog idea, and he shot it down, because now looking back, I totally understand why, because uh-huh. it's Assemblies of God, but I wanted to do a show called Saved Eye for the Unsaved Guy, and it was all going to be like five effeminate men like showing this guy how to be a Christian, you know, pretty much. It was probably way I mean, you can't do that in Assemblies of God Church, which is sad. But we could do it. We told I'm not doing it now. No, because I, I we we would make it less offensive. I mean, I would rather get actual gay men to do this <laughs> because then they would probably be. I think it'd be way more authentic that way too. Um, but also, it could be a really good way to lampoon the church if it's done right. But you have to toe a fine line mm-hmm. with that. I think a lot of it too. I had this discussion with a friend and it's for that, uh, the fantasy novel idea that I'm kicking around. And one thing that happened like in ancient civilizations a lot was, um, tribes would migrate. Mm -hmm. A lot of migration took place of whole groups of people. So what I wanted to do is actually have a a tribe of people migrate into one of the kingdoms that I'm, I'm talking about that I'm writing about. And I was thinking, well, what if they were say black how would that work out? And I told my friend that, and he goes, be very careful, because you don't want to write something where it looks like you're trying to write the black experience. Mm. So I'm like, that's a great point. I think I might want to keep the idea, but at the same time, the story is not going to be about their race. I don't want to write about someone's racial experience. I also think it would be the same way with someone's sexual identity. So I don't want to write about people being gay when I don't know all of the 
pains that they go through because that's, I obviously don't, I'm a straight white male. So that's just my thought. I do have, uh, (laughs) I do have gay friends. We could uh, source for this. I, I do as well. I think I kicked the idea around to them and they're like, oh my God, I would have loved to have seen that at church when I was growing up. (laughs) Yeah. Both of them are ex-Christians. So yeah, one comes from a very uh, staunch Christian family. Kick it. Kick the idea over to them, see what they would say. Um, they would totally embrace it, I think. Just kick it over to them and see what they would say first. I would like to know. I, I need more of the idea to really get a pitch. Fine, I would. I would pitch it to them, but I would want to hear what a gay person would say because it wouldn't come. From, it doesn't come from a place of me of wanting to make fun of gay people at all. It's coming from a place of me wanting to kind of lampoon the Christian. The, the, the church's closed-mindedness. Absolutely. <laughs> so I would just want to say, like, hey, does that come across here? Or if it doesn't, please tell me. I want to know. Yeah, we, we it sounds like we have a lot of writing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, have, I hate that I put myself up to these things, but you're right. I get so intimidated with writing. Like, I, I even have the story arc for this fantasy novel. I know where I want to go with it. Mm-hmm. I start to write a chapter. Like I know what my first chapter, what happens in my first chapter. I write it and I just go cold. Mm. I'm just like, Oh, I can't do this. It's not going to be any good. So I just put it away immediately. Just YOLO it. Uh, I don't want it to be bad. (laughs) Who who cares? I do. Why? Because I just care about anything I put in, put effort into it. If it's not the best it can be, I get very frustrated. This is how like, competitive i am with myself i'm in the fantasy baseball league right now mm-hmm. i'm in first place and it the scoring in fantasy baseball is like super high points like um i am currently right now beating a uh, there's 11 guys in this league so they had to add like one sort of like computer generated team for the most part normally you might win by 50 points you know you might win 450 to 500 Right now, I'm winning 547 to 258, <laughs> but I want to win by another 100 points if I can. I'm not satisfied with just winning. I want to win big with what I do. That's probably not healthy. No, it's not. It's not. Because even like you writing this book uh, or even doing like the stupid play that we're thinking about doing, yeah. if it brings joy to someone, you've accomplished your task. Uh, see, that's another problem with me too. Cause I'll, if people say they liked it, I'm always going to be like, Oh, they're just telling me that they don't actually mean it. But if they, especially with the stage play, you can see the reaction. That's true, man. Oh, I remember yeah. that. That's my whole thing is bringing other joy to people. And I lean into the more ridiculous we make this the more horrible quote unquote air quotes there. But what's we the make end game? It, what's the end game with to it? Enter- people to where? get people to laugh where would we where would we put it up i don't know see that's the thing too i, I that's the logistics pro- that's, can that, come that's my problem too i want all if it, we could do the, it it's the german side of me that wants logistics completed before we start uh, the project if we need to we rent tables and chairs and do it in one of our backyards and it's only our friends and we do this stupid play and that's the end of it yeah. or we go big and try to rent a theater we pull our money together and we rent a theater and we do it. Pretty sure the missus wouldn't like that second idea. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we could even do it in a movie theater. It doesn't cost that much to do it in a movie theater. How much does that cost to rent a movie theater? I don't think very much. Really? Hmm. I, I want to say a couple hundred bucks. 
Yeah, nowadays it probably would. Uh, if that, I think it's always been. Really? Yeah. That's I mean, because they do the, you call this number if you want to rent this theater, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, in my head, I'm always like, boof, that just seems more like more money than I would ever want to spend because I haven't thought of a reason now until until now. Until now. So I'm like, boof, that seems like a lot of money. And even like a local theater around here, I'm sure they don't cost much to rent it out. Probably not, although a lot of small theaters, they have like their normal shows for Friday and Saturday nights. Mm -hmm. That's just always, so you'd get like, okay, we can put you, you can have it on a Tuesday kind of thing. So So, what? Yeah. I mean, who's going to come to this show realistically? Our friends and maybe family. And if we can get them to laugh, that's... Yeah, that that helps. That's it. That's the whole point of it. I get it. I mean, why I'm doing this podcast that's listened to maybe 30 people. It makes people laugh. I and hope I, you're laughing at home, folks. I really do. They are. Yeah. I've heard some things. And uh, it's, uh, well, I don't necessarily agree with you all the time, but man, you're entertaining. Yeah. That's enough for me. Yeah. I like that. I do like, whenever people, <laughs> <laughs> I did like uh, in the podcast you did with my sister and, and uh, Amy Toady, where you're like, Caleb, he's just going to do whatever he does. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, crap. I do do that I, I i learned a lot about myself by listening <laughs> to that well and that's why i wanted to have you have your own show because i know it's not my show it's our show our show thank but you the the whole just having you alone because you have that personality no oh, thanks and it makes me laugh and i find it so joyous when i can make you laugh because you're like the funniest person i know that's re- that's sad no it's not you're a funny person i thanks but man i just so like Living in Chicago at the time I did uh-huh. and doing improv when I did, mm-hmm. I got to see some freaking hilarious people. Like Tim Robinson from um, uh, the show you were talking about on Netflix. Uh, uh, thank uh, you for, or I, I think, think you, you should, should leave. leave. Yeah. I saw him do improv every Tuesday for months in 2010 and 2011. Mm-hmm. And it was the best improv I've ever seen. Or TJ Jagodowski, you know those Sonic commercials with the two guys talking in the, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. the bald guy in that mm-hmm. with lighter hair? I saw him do some of the most brilliant improv I've ever seen. Um, Cecily Strong, who's on SNL, uh-huh. she's one of the sweetest people I've ever met, and hysterical too. So I'm like, yay, she's making it. So like, if anyone gives me a compliment on my humor, I'm like, <laughs> I saw them. I'm not anywhere near as funny as they. You're are. too critical of yourself. That's a fact. That's I, true. I am too. Yeah, but I also have leaned into. <laughs> I keep saying it, YOLOing it. Yeah. If who cares what I think? It's what other people think. And if other people get entertained by the stupid, ridiculous things that I do, that's gravy. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, I don't think I'm very entertaining, but hey, I have about 30 people listening to me every week. Mm. Or yeah. us. Yeah. That's cool. I need to figure out a way to be less critical, but it's very... I, I remember telling a therapist one time, like, um, I think it was something along the lines of, um, yeah, I'd love to do some writing, but... Anytime I go to write like a book, he's like, why are you trying to write a book? <laughs> just write a chapter. Just yeah. start with that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. And then um, I go to write a chapter and I go, no. Because I, then I start pulling out my notes and I'm comparing it to everything I've mapped out. And it's like, oof, it's daunting. I think I feel George R. R. Martin's pain. Maybe. Cause, well, well, he wrote himself into a corner, I think, is the main problem. I think he he got into celebrity a little bit, which isn't, Hey, enjoy your life. Right. But dad gummit, it's been 10 years, I think since the last book. Well, I also think that the show 
killed any chance for him writing another book. I don't know about killed because he could just write it and finish it. it, it, it that's the hope, but I don't think he will. I I don't think he will either. He's I hope done. I'm wrong. He's done. But it's done. a shame to not get those books done. Yeah. It's a travesty because we nerds, I mean, I'm not saying we built his house or anything like that or bought his house, but it's like, dang, we supported so much of this, man. Can you please reward us with your, we've, We've tried to give back to you. Please give back to us now. But nah, that's not won't happen. So yeah, you you need to write and uh, bring joy to the world. Joy to the world. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I'm uh, so I, I I told Kate the other day I cannot wait for Christmas. <laughs> I know it's August right now as we're recording this. I don't care. <laughs> I cannot wait for Christmas time right now. Oh. I, I had a Christmas song stuck in my head. Uh, should I do this to you? I know you don't like Christmas. No, 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 no. It's not that. Uh, can my Christmas present be we start Act One of the play? That doesn't feel like a present to me. That is a present for me. Oh. <laughs> uh, all I can think. It's funny because I I would like to do it. I know, I know you a lot would. Of fun, but between that, the um, uh, vow renewal coming up. Mm-hmm. Improv class starting up. And then someone reached out to me saying, hey, do you want to do a two-person show at the City Museum? I'm like, wow, that actually sounds really unique and could be very fun. Uh, I might try that. Uh, It just kind of depends on how comfortable and how good they are with social distancing. Uh I'm like, gosh, there's a lot of good stuff happening, but it's it's overwhelming right now for me. Well, that's why I mentioned Christmas. Christmas, man, I can't. That and also I'm hoping we can still get to... Germany and Vienna and Austria. I oh, really yeah, hope yeah. we get to go. I mean, me I, too. I would. I'll probably cry tears of joy if I get to go to the city hall Christmas uh, market in Vienna. Mm-hmm. It's the most beautiful thing I feel like I've ever seen. When when are you going again? Uh, it's November twenty seventh through December seventh. Okay. So I'm hopeful we can go. We'll see. But so hopefully in January we can start writing. All right. God. <laughs> We, we, yep. Okay. I'm already seeing in my head. I'm like, okay, we have to map out all the characters. We have to get the locations. Oof, I got to stop even jumping that far ahead. Well, even we have all of that. It's just research. But I need to have that for myself. I can, uh, I can do the research and give you locations. And That's names. a lot on you. All right. If you want to. All right. You have. <laughs> it's in, it's in Genoa, right? Genoa. Yeah. That was, that was where a lot of his. <laughs> murder was that's where like two of the three murder attempts took place was in genoa right uh i think he traveled around i would need to do mm. the thing okay. you have to know how my brain works that's true uh because i got that history degree and even the biblical degree that i have i fell in love with researching and i fell in love with like looking up things and now i can do it incredibly fast like the research nice. i did for that goof show I did it 10 minutes before we recorded. See, and I think my analyst brain, since I work as an analyst now, wants to break everything down to finer details. But I, so. I could find that research really quick and get it whipped up really quick. Just because of that's how talented I am. You are. <laughs> <laughs> that, so one thing, though, that I end up doing with my job oftentimes is people will tell me, Here's all the facts. Mm-hmm. But then I come up with the questions oftentimes to say, 
Well, you've said that this is the answer, but I don't see the answer to this, which would lead to this answer. Where is, in order to get to C, I need to know B. Mm -hmm. So that's oftentimes what I do. And it's annoying. (laughs) It's so annoying to myself. Like, I have a Excel doc for our trip to Germany and Austria of the hotels, the distance to the train stations, uh, how uh, the different... Uh, names of the Christmas markets and where they're located in the cities, restaurants that we can go and check out, gifts to get for different people. I love to break things down like that. Jeez. Yeah. So it's a little exhausting. Uh, when I went to Philly, I mentioned that before. You know how much research and planning I did? Zero. I booked my hotel a week before I left. I drove down there on a whim. Uh, I went, oh, I want to go see Independence Hall. That was my whole plan. Nice. I don't do that, especially not for vacations. Vacations, that's what I do. That's my vacation. See, that's this is the difference between us, and it's great. Uh-huh. Kate, Absolutely. though, is, is a little bit like you, but she likes that I do what I do. Like when we went on our cruise to the Bahamas, mm-hmm. I was able to kind of say, okay, when we get to Nassau, here's all the things we can do. Mm-hmm. And so I had basically, I, I, I booked a food tour for us, which was so good because it was good food, but then they also gave like a culture and history tour as well with it. So I mm-hmm. got to learn a whole lot and I, and I enjoyed that. Um, and then all the different sites that we wanted to see and explore the next day. It's like, here's all the things we can do on the beach and all that fun stuff for this. Kate likes it. Hmm. She's like, this is great. Cause now I, I don't, she's like, I don't have to worry about anything. You're learning German and learning where all the different places are. This is great. So yeah, I, I just have the opposite approach. Yeah. I'll go throw a dart on the map and go, what can I do here? I, I, and then get there and then experience it. I know whenever, if we ever go, if we do get to go to Germany and Austria, I'm not going to be a stickler for everything except in Vienna. Because Vienna has so much that I want to see. Because they they have so many Christmas markets in that huge city. Mm-hmm. But there's also so much to see as well. Like Schönbrunn Palace, it's gorgeous. And they have, all of the, they have a zoo there and all these different things that you can check out around there. And then on the other side of town, because we have two days in Vienna, on the other side of town, there's like eight Christmas markets that I want to see. Plus there's the, the Ferris wheel there is kind of renowned. You have to check out their Ferris wheel. The Danube river is right there. I want to be able to see the, the border of the Roman empire at its height would be amazing to see. Um, there's this amazing old cathedral, St. Stephen's cathedral, the the city hall, Maria Theresa Platz, Karl Platz. They have all the, the, uh, the Hofburg palace, all of these different things that I want to see. I'm going to see them. And if Kate wants to go back to the hotel because she gets tired, that's fine. I love her all the same, but I am getting all of Vienna that I can get in. That's really funny. That's just how I feel about this. When I was in Philly, uh, I there was this like uh, greasy spoon diner. Mm, I love those. Uh, and I sat down and it was taking a while, but I was like, I have nothing to do. Mm. I'll sit here and just wait and have a gross, amazing breakfast. <laughs> And this family comes in, and they have their maps, and they have their thing, and they're like, oh, it's taking too long, and then they walk out, and I'm like, you, that's not a vacation to me, because they needed to be somewhere at a certain time, they had to do this, and that's not a vacation to me, that's work. 
I have sights I want to see. No, that's worth I have things I want to do. I'm like, I'll get there. That's fine. <laughs> you might not get to see everything I will get to see. I will make sure I get there one way or another. Well, and also, I there was only three things I wanted to see in Philly. It was right. Independence Hall, Washington's Crossing, maybe like the Franklin House, which was kind of a letdown. I have three things within about four kilometers that I definitely want to see in Vienna. That's how well I know... Oh, I definitely want to see the Belvedere, uh, which is this beautiful palace. And then Hofburg is a little further north. And then right across from the street, there's Maria Theresa Platz. It's like all of those things are three things I would hope to see within about two hours. So, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that just seems like work to me. But that's why we're different. Yes, we are. And I think when we're writing, we can compliment each other. I agree. I'm just dreading it. I'm not. I'm excited about it. See, I I also think about all the sketch shows that I wrote in college and just how much effort went into that. Mm -hmm. Like, we did all-nighters. Ugh. Yeah, we wouldn't. Shoot me in the head. We we wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's going to be very slow-paced. It may take us five years to write this play Mm. because that's the pace that I would go at because I'm not going to make it work. I'm not going to make it stressful. Is the title just going to be Stradella? Probably. All right, so we have that written. <laughs> because I want it to be fun. Like I would rather spend time with you, hang out with you more, and then we jot a few things down, and majority of the time we're just laughing and having fun. All right. I can dig that. That's the vibe that I always have when yeah. it comes to things now. Like, eh, whatever. Maybe we'll just sit on my back porch and have a cigar and write them. Scotch? Some scotch? Maybe scotch. Do you like cigars? No. No? I don't smoke. At all. I don't either, but I like cigars occasionally. And so I was thinking about getting cigars for all the groomsmen. Uh, I would take it and be happy, but I wouldn't smoke it. Mm -hmm. I'd frame it. Oh, okay. That's a fun idea. You could do that. I was thinking about getting a nice like box. Mm -hmm. They'll have a cigar cutter and a cigar for each guy. Yeah. Yeah. It'll just be a, you know, a thing that I have. A little keepsake. Yeah. That that could age very nicely. (laughs) All right, man. Well, this I think we've we've had a good run today. Uh-huh. This is a good good chat. Ran the gambit of emotions all over the board, man. All over the board, but um, I love you. I love you too. Let's have a good one. Take care.